Get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s. From great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey, everybody. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today with Trish Wilkinson, and she is one of my favorite brain people. And we are going to be talking brains today. We're going to be talking fitness. We're going to be talking about how to help our kids get more physical exercise and maybe get some physical exercise ourselves. I know, Trish, I spend anywhere from six to eight hours seated every day between driving and then my job. I mean, I literally cannot get up and jump up and down. I can't use a standing desk. You know, these things don't work for me. I can't use a BOSU ball or a bouncy ball, whatever that thing. I tried that too. All I did was (laughs) knock over my equipment and, you know, it's just, I have to sit for a certain number of days or hours in the day. I can't change that but I can change other things. And I want to talk about our brain today. And what does exercise have to do with our brain? Trish Wilkinson. Oh my gosh. I, I loved finding this out because I'm actually a runner and I became a runner because when our kids were little, I was so frustrated with everyone, you know, my, my kids, my husband, it was all everyone else. And I was so frustrated that I got into the car and went down to the park and was walking around. There was this 3.3 mile loop. I was walking and of course I was too impatient to walk because I was angry. So I started running and I've been running ever since. That was decades ago. <laughs> but, the, but the point is, I couldn't believe how much better I felt. And all of a sudden, everyone else seemed like they were okay. They weren't terrible anymore. <laughs> and then I realized, wow, maybe it's me. Uh-oh. And I I didn't know why at the time, but now I know after all the studying I've done of all this brain research and writing brain stages, that there are all kinds of physical things that happen in our brains when we exercise. Mm -hmm. And people think they need a lot of exercise. And the latest studies have come out and said, basically, we need 10 minutes of exercise, 10 minutes of cardio to pump up our brains and what happens in our brains. Most people know it pumps more oxygen into your brain because your blood moves faster and oxygen carry, you know, blood carries oxygen. So that's the obvious one. But the thing that has recently been discovered is exercise actually causes cell division in the hippocampus, which is the big shot in the brain for long-term learning. So, and a lot of people think, you know, that's long-term memory. That's where, everything is stored. And that's not really true. It's actually the way station because our brain stores memory all over the place. 
but the hippocampus is a big shot in the brain for learning because it takes things from short-term to long-term memory and then puts it in the part of the brain where it's needed so we can use it for later. <laughs> so it's the retrieval. So it's the, it's like the, the arm on a read-write disc on a computer. It, it moves like it would retrieve it, like it would store it somewhere and then bring it back. So it's almost like a little arm that puts the memories down and then can recall the memory or the information. Is that correct? Or, or at least where the memory is. So, um, so it can retrieve whatever we need to remember. And the thing is, is that even like older people, and if we're worried about, you know, our memories not being as great as they used to be or whatever, just that 10 minutes of cardio a day makes a huge difference. And you say, well, how do I get cardio? Oh, so, so let's talk about kids for a second. So kids, I was, you know, I was teaching for almost 10 years by the time I had kids. And I thought, oh, this will be a piece of cake. I know kids. I'm good at kids. <laughs> and then God gave us a couple of special needs kids. So um, we ended up raising a daughter that had attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and another one that had severe anxiety, courtesy of both sides of the family. And so there were a lot of these things that we had to figure out. And one of the things was exercise. So it turns out that there are all kinds of things that happen. So the cell division in the hippocampus for long-term memory, it also boosts mood. So it actually stimulates all the feel-good hormones, you know, the, the serotonin and norepinephrine and dopamine. So when you exercise, all these happy hormones <laughs> get into kids' brains and make them feel better. Us too. But I mean, this is, but while kids are developing, this is particularly important for them. So well, and I want to jump in here too, just sure. because, you know, we're talking about kids, but I'm going to go kids in my household range from eight to 80 <laughs> because we're all big kids. And, you know, I have me and my two boys, and then I also have my dad. And what I've noticed, like when you were saying this thing, I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm a, I'm a veteran caregiver for my father and on days that we walk, we go to the grocery store and we have to walk from the, the, the parking lot to the grocery or walk down the aisles. Or sometimes I drop them off at Lowe's and then I don't pick them back up for a half an hour because I know he'll be moving the whole time. Um, those days are better cognitive days for us. Now, if we're doing the Sunday afternoon football that starts at like 10 o'clock here in California and goes till 10 o'clock at night. And all we do is sit in the chair and watch game after game after game. There's a fuzziness. There's a delay. And what I heard you say was when we do cardio, we're moving that blood to our brain. And therefore, are we removing toxins? Are we oxygenating? What are we doing? So we're oxygenating and removing toxins and we're causing cell division in the hippocampus, and we're stimulating all the chemical reactions in the brain, we're increasing connectivity, we're stimulating myelination on neural pathways, which is the coding on neural pathways. It's kind of like the insulation around a wires to keep, to keep the electrical current going in the right direction so it's not just kind of going everywhere. And so we have these layers on our neural pathways to make our brains more efficient and exercise stimulates all of those things that are going on in our brains. 
Trish, I'm just going to stop you for a minute because I want to thank our sponsor. And boy, you guys, you have got to check out this company. It's called KiwiCo, and that's spelled K-I-W-I-C-O. That's KiwiCo.com. And we're going to give you a promo code today, Motherhood Talk, like our radio show, so you can get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with the code Motherhood Talk. Now, you have got to check this out because this is the coolest Christmas birthday thinking of you present company that it not only entertains the brain and we're talking today to you know Trish Wilkinson about stimulating both child and adult brains and this is something you guys can do together and what I love about it is we have had to adopt to so many changes this year. I'm in Southern California. We are still mostly shut down in Los Angeles County. I know some parts of the world and some parts of the country are open. We are not. So my kids have been home with me every day, 24-7, no sports, no school. And we've had to deal with these changes and we'd have to come up with some really creative problem solving. And what I like is that these crates bring in something new and exciting and fun and we get to talk about it. And I don't have to go out and shop for it because our lines out here are still really long. And I know parts of the country are still experiencing long lines. So this comes in the mail. We just got, and I have it right here. I wish you could see it. I'll take some pictures and put it on my social media. We got the Italy crate, the Introducing Italy, Explore the World of Italy, and it's called the Atlas Crate. So you're going to want to check this out. And it talks about not only the land and people of Italy, but we get to to explore Renaissance art and steam. And we make this cool little pizza oven. And it's not like a pizza oven, you know, like an easy bake pizza oven. This is like a little, it's got a wood dowel. It's got, you know, paper and paper flames. And, you know, so you get to put this together and it actually, you know, turns and it's really fun and you get to put this together. So it's good for your brain. Then you have, you know, this portfolio of Atlas cards. So you get to learn all about Italy. I have them right here in there. They're good paper. They have a hole in the corner where you can, you know, use like a carabiner or use a book clip and keep it together. And it talks about Venice and the opera and soap carving and bruschetta. Like you could make some bruschetta for lunch and everybody could kind of discover Italy together. And everything is in this crate, you guys. There's like a watercolor paint set, the paintbrush, the plastic clip, the wood stylus, like the watercolor paper, the carbon paper. Then they have guidelines and dowels and paper straws and, you know, even a little country badge, which is so cute. And the attention to detail in this is beautiful. Like these little cards come in an airmail envelope that say ciao and from Milo and Anya. So it's really like there's a lot of detail put into this it is pretty you will love giving this to your nieces your nephews your kids your grandkids they won't be disappointed and you won't be disappointed in sending something because this is really really well made and you get to create art they have this calco process where you trace a picture and then you paint it and you know you get all the things you need you know you get the carbon paper and it's all in one so everything's there you guys can have a good time making Da Vinci's Pizzeria and 
it's just, I, I wish you guys would, would go right now to KiwiCo.com and look at all the super fun crates that they have. I want to let you know that though we can't go places for the holidays, you can give them this like, whoa, this is so awesome experience. And these crates come in the mail. And that's exciting in itself because I don't know about you guys, but my kids absolutely love to get these crates in the mail. And you can encourage your kids to be innovators. Creative thinking is a big part of this project series. And I know you will love it. And especially if you try travel. You know, I've traveled a lot in my life and I wanted to share my travel with my kids. And this year that wasn't possible, but it looks like we went to Italy, everybody. So there's crates for kids of all ages. There's something for every kid on your list, even the grown-up kids. I have to tell you, this is as fun for me as it was for my kids. And KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. And there's something for everyone. So get 50 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code Motherhood Talk. You want to get that code Motherhood Talk, like today's Motherhood Talk Radio, at KiwiCo. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo. K I W I C O.com. Use promo code Motherhood Talk. You will be glad you did. This is such a super fun crate to use. Um, you now, we were talking with Trish about brains and brain health and how, you know, physical and mental activity works so great with our kids' brain health. But Trish, let's talk about adult brain health for a moment. Adults who are struggling a little bit cognitively as, as we get older, it's more obvious in them, but it's mm -hmm. even true for little kids. It makes little kids cognitive, you know, their memories better, their thought processes better. It it improves their mood so they have a better attitude about learning. And it doesn't even have to be learning at school. It could be learning for anything, from experiences, for anything that they're doing. Because when kids are little, they're learning all the time. The other thing that we're finding out about brains and exercise, well, and just in general, we used to think that brains were just plastic, which meant they were malleable. And that's, while that's still true, we're also finding that our neurons replace themselves so often that we actually recreate our brains all the time. So, that, so that's plasticity that I've heard that word before. And I always thought your brain cells were just what they were. You were stuck with them. Like, this is what you get. And then if you drink a lot of beer, you kill your brain cells. Like <laughs> these are all, but these are things that we were taught as kids. Like, but you know, that's what we thought for years yeah. and years. It's only recently that we've had the kind of equipment necessary to be able to actually see the cell division and the recreation of neurons and the reconnectivity and synapses and all of that stuff. So we haven't even been able to see what's going on until very recently. Mm. So, so it turns out that we actually do reproduce. We don't do it as quickly. So there are three different periods. We, we grow and grow and grow and grow. Our brains develop and scientists think between mid, mid to late 20s now, our brains are even still developing till they become mature adult brains. Then after that, at age 34, we have a brain change. So we get a little less efficient and a little less, but we have more experience. We have um, more 
we have more habits, we have more other things going on for us. But it doesn't mean that we can't change our habits if there, there are things that we're not happy with. And part of how we change our habits is we get used to doing something new and our neurons actually start changing. They, we start developing new neurons and, and changing our neural pathways. That's why if somebody loses an arm, for example, our brains actually repurpose themselves for other parts. So that part that was managing the arm, it will actually repurpose itself to another part of the brain for another sense or another body part or whatever. So our brains are actually very, and you were talking about the military and the military, they're doing some very exciting research with what's going on with limbs and the brain connection and, and mechanical limbs. And I would guess in the next decade or so, we may start having limbs that are controlled through people's brains rather than, I mean, it's, it's really exciting. A lot of things that are going on in science right now where that's concerned. It is. I think we're finally getting on the brain train. You know, it used to be everything was, you know, the body and then it was chemicals. And then it was like, you know, I remember in days where, you know, when somebody had a brain injury, they're like, don't move them, don't move them ever. And now, you know, like having a stroke or things like that, they're having people move, move, move right after. I mean, such a, such a big change between these two things, but it's a very exciting time. If you're like me and you love brains, you love how they work and, you know, they're fascinating. There's so much more than we ever could imagine. Yeah. And people compare them to computers, but they're so much different than computers <laughs> because they actually recreate themselves. I mean, they're just like these regenerating organs. So the, the next stage is at 34 and then at 60 and then at 78 are the, are the three stages. And that's brand new research that just came out. But the but getting back to kids, so <clears throat> so we were talking about, and you were asking, so you know what else? It actually helps clean out the gunk. So the two times your brain cleans out the gunk because you know there are dead cells and waste from reactions and various things are when we're in deep sleep, which is delta waves or really slow waves, as well as um, as well as when we exercise. <laughs> So, so exercising really, so besides all the stuff with heart and muscles and, you know, all the other great stuff exercising does, it literally sets up kids' brains. And the reason I wanted to talk about this yeah. is because I'm a big proponent. You're, you may say, oh, Trish, that's just one more thing to do. But I can't tell you the difference it makes for kids and their families. We talked, we promised parents at the beginning of this show that, we were going to show them a way to get exercise into. And what we used to do, because I had these two kids with anxiety and ADHD, we would get up a few minutes earlier in the morning and we would exercise for 10 minutes. And I didn't know at the time. And then in my classroom, when I was teaching in my classroom, then we'd go to school because not all teachers do that. Then we would go to school and I would have the kids in my class. We'd either run because we lived in sunny San Diego. So we would either run laps in the morning and they'd earn sticks and trophies and prize, you know, all kinds of prizes and whatever throughout the year. Or if the weather didn't permit, we would, or if we just didn't feel like running that day, we would jump rope or, 
do an obstacle course or we go in the room and we dance for 10 minutes. But the bottom line is I didn't want to take any more of our class time out than 10 minutes. But I found when I spent that 10 minutes, we saved so much time. I mean, my scores were always in the top and I taught all the grades. (laughs) And I don't think it was because I was so amazing. I think a lot of it had to do with that 10 minutes of exercise in the morning. And I didn't even understand why at the time. What I knew is that when the kids exercised, they felt better, they were excited, they were in a great mood, they were awake, they were ready to learn. Whereas on the days that we didn't do it because we had an assembly that day or you know whatever happened, we didn't get to do our exercise in the morning, I couldn't believe the difference in my classroom. And I thought, I, I mean, I could barely stand it. So usually we would just drop whatever we were doing and I'd say, okay, that's it. We're dancing for the next 10 minutes or we're, you know, we'd play a f- couple of fast games of head and shoulders, knees and toes, or cause I had all these kinds of, you know, modifications on it that made it funny and fun. And <laughs> well, but yeah. I mean, I can tell you from being a senior fitness instructor and teaching um, fitness classes in the morning, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that the days that I teach my 8.30 in the morning class, 8.30 to 9.30, we ride bikes. It's about, you know, stationary bikes. And we go about anywhere from 12 to 15 miles, which is not excessive in an hour. You know, it's a pretty, you know, it's just a nice ride. I can tell you looking at my planner, like if you guys use planners, go back and look at your planners and how much work you got done on the days that you had a workout. Like I always go to this Saturday morning, I either teach it or attend this Saturday morning spin class. And when I look at my to-do list that I accomplished that day, I am firing them off right and left. If I skip that class, Trish, I will get a third of that done because I'll end up lollygagging around. I might stay in bed too long. It'll take me longer to do the dishes. Like everything just takes longer without that, you know, I call it rocket fuel. If I want to launch off in the morning and I want my rocket fuel for the day and I don't want it to come from, you know, chemicals or food or all these things, you can get your rocket fuel from your morning workout. Well, and so the exciting thing is if you can set it up with your kids, so you're doing 10 minutes of working out before school, 10 minutes, 10 minutes of working out before work that you're doing together and you make it fun. Like, um, and now there are so many YouTube videos and stuff. Like when we were doing it, there weren't as many things like that available. So we would- So we would jump rope or we'd turn on the radio and we'd dance for 10 minutes or um, just various kinds of things. And then eventually more and more things were available. So we do, you know, kickboxing videos and (laughs) just all kinds of things. And the kids got so they were the ones who were choosing whatever we were going to do. So I didn't even have to do anything. Right. But they knew after, you know, at first it was hard to get them to do it. They're like, oh, mom, and I'm tired in the morning and whatever. But then they would feel so much better. And it was just 10 minutes. And I only did 10 minutes because that's the amount of time that worked for us. I didn't know at the time that that was the science. That science has just come out in the last year. 
Well, I can tell you from working from home for 16 years, you know, a lot of people are working from home now. I've been working from home for 16 years. Now I did have offices with my clients, but I didn't go there every day. And one of the hardest things that I had, Trish, was staying awake during my workday because it's different when you're in an office, unless you're exhausted and you're getting stimulation, people are talking to you, but I would take my kids to school and then I would come home and it would be quiet and it would be silent. And I would be doing my work, especially my computer work. And I was literally like that kid in the class, you know, whose head jerks them away. And <laughs> Nodding <I> off. <laughs> yeah. And so what I found I had to do is nice. I, I used my fitness watch to do this. I, I would set it for like 25 minute work sprints. Like I would do a work sprint. Like I set my watch for 25 minutes. I'm going to focus on this because I'm also the kind of absent-minded professor that when I get working on a computer program, I could, I can go 16 hours and then get up and my legs are numb and I haven't peed in 16 hours. Like I get so lost in where I'm, wherever I am. So I have these little tricks that I do my 25 minute work sprints. And then at the end of 25 minutes, I take a break, I get a drink, I might get up, walk to my kitchen, walk back, then I do another 25 minute work sprint. And I kind of sprint like this all day long. And if I go more than an hour in a sprint, because sometimes it's not convenient to take a break, or I have a radio show that's on an hour, (laughs) I will then get up like even you saw me today, like at the beginning of our call, we're like, you know what, Trish, I'm going to run to the bathroom. And I literally jogged during that time, I jogged to my kitchen, jogged to my living room, anything I could do to get myself moving before I sit down again. And you will feel a difference. You'll feel like you just had a jolt of caffeine. I mean, but you can't drink enough caffeine to have that kind of feeling. So get up, run around, jump up and down in the bathroom if you're, you know, there are people around, but move. And when you move, you will feel better and you'll be so much more productive. To me, that's my, my productivity secret, 25 minutes of work and then move. 25 minutes of work and move. Yeah, actually I do something different. I mean, I do something very similar, although I do have a stand-up desk and I do use my stand-up desk because sometimes I need to be able to run in place. You know, I just, I'm already standing up and I run in place and walk around and, and whatever for my productivity. Can you type on your stand-up desk? Like I make too many mistakes. No, I, I actually, because I can adjust that I can adjust it just right for however. So I actually like typing standing up. Wow. Okay. I'm kind of a spaz. I don't think I can stand up, you know, like I fall over, I'm, I'm moving, I knock things down. I'm just, I'm not that in control. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, but, but I do what you're talking about too. I do set my timer and do work sprints too, because when I don't, I'm the same way. I just get lost. And I, and I think kids are that way too. They get lost. And, and so I did, I used to do that in my classroom all the time. We would have certain things that we were working on and whatever time the timer would go off and the kids knew what it meant and they'd stand up and they'd dance or we'd, you know, do some quick physical game or whatever, and they'd sit down. And I mean, I really think that had a lot to do with our success and, you know, our test scores being high and the kids really doing well and they were great writers and, you know, just all that stuff because I knew I needed it. And part of it is I have attention deficit too, which ticks me off. I think our brains just work differently. I don't think we're deficient. 
Thank you. Thank you. Because people have all my life, people have said, I'm scatterbrained. I can't focus. I blah, blah, blah. Like whatever negative thing you could do. And if you come into my office, you will see six computer screens and I'm running a lot of times six things simultaneously, or I'll jump from, you know, editing over here to writing over here, to answering emails, to doing research, to doing whatever. And that works for me. Six screens work for me. Now, that may not work for you. And it was funny, Trish, because I had one of my favorite teachers. He's a very old school teacher. He had both of my kids. He teaches sixth grade for like 30 years, very beloved, but he is very regimented. He's like, you must do this. Then you must do this. And then you must do this. And if you don't do it in that sequence, you fail game over, you lose. So I said to him, his name's Larry. I said, Larry, why don't you come to my office, my home office, and let me show you a different way. And we sat in my office, I got all six screens fired up and I'm putting everything up here and I'm doing this and this and this and this. And he was like, oh, stop it. Stop it. You're giving me a headache. And I'm like, that's what your system does to me. So when you focus for me to restrict me into this narrow little box, I get a headache. I can't do it. And you can't function in my six big boxes and pop from box to box to box. Now we're both master's degree, educated, who's right? There is no right. There is no right because people are different. And I w- I really, gosh, in my heart, I wish people understood that. I mean, that was part of the fun of teaching for me, that all the kids were different and they learned differently. So we got to do, you know, like I spray painted a bunch of rocks and we dug for gold out in the playground. Right. <laughs> You know, and things like that. And there were some kids that are that were like, why are we doing this? We know that they, but most of the kids were like, yeah, let's dig for gold. Right. <laughs> and you know what? They never forgot a lot of that California history because, you know, the gold rush is a big deal. So, you know, they got to know what the different kinds of things were in the gold rush and what was important and, and who was actually making the money. And that, you know, they learned a lot of the underlying um, ideas of what was going on with the gold rush. And, you know, now I'm in Oregon and our history is different and I've taught things differently here, but, but usually hands-on because there are always going to be those kids who you, who learn with their hands, who learn physically doing things. But I will say, even the kids who learn by listening or the kids who are more visual, they learn by looking at things, um, when you put all of those things together, the more senses kids use, the more they learn. So even if they have different kinds of ways that they learn, if you're providing different, what we call in the field modalities, but if they're <laughs> learning in different ways, then they then it kind of solidifies in their brain because they're because it's an experience. Then learning becomes an experience rather than something they just here and they have to process and remember. Well, that's a like, lot. I'm going to give you a perfect example. Okay. Sure. I love to cook. I went to cooking school and, you know, when I was very young and I, I used cooking as a way to help put myself through college, I worked for Marriott corporation, learned all these fancy things. I sat in a classroom and, and memorized things of all of it. I've forgotten. Okay. And then 
I have probably a thousand cookbooks. I kid you not. I have so many cookbooks, a whole room <laughs> full of cookbooks. I have specialty interest cookbooks from, you know, American Indians to the Wiccan cookbook, like anything like that. I collect cookbooks and I can read them like books, you know, read them and retain nothing. I also <laughs> love to watch cooking shows. Like I get on YouTube and I watch and watch and watch. And then I make little notes that I got to pick this up from the store, pick this up from the store. And I never make those recipes because it goes in one ear and out the other. And I'm a big <laughs> podcast listener because I'm a podcast producer. I like to listen to other podcasts while I work. And I think, oh, that would be a magnificent recipe to make. And it'll go in one ear and out the other. But Recently, my friend from Australia was here and she taught me how to make this, uh, what do they call it? Uh, pumpkin slice. You know, it's a slice. They don't call it cake. It's like a very thick kind of fruit cakey kind of brownie pan thing. Ooh, sounds and delicious. We chopped the apricots. We chopped the cranberries. We mixed in the peanut butter, the oats, the flour, the salt. I can give you that recipe, the butter, you know, all of these things. I can give you that recipe. I will never forget that recipe. The two eggs, like I can see it. I can smell it. I can taste it. I can recreate that whole thing. So if I had watched it, read it, or listened to it, it would go in one ear and out the other. But because I baked along with Geraldine and I learned this <laughs> pumpkin slice, oh, a can of pumpkin's got to go in there too. Mix it all up, put it in, bake it for 35 minutes. The kids in Australia take these slices to lunch with them because they don't provide school lunches in most of the Australian schools. They have to take a a, a lunch bag or a lunch box. So you wrap it up in, in foil or in plastic wrap and they take this slice to school. It's like a, it's like a nutritious brownie pack. And that's what they take. I will never forget how to make a slice. What is a slice? But if I memorized it, Trish, I would forget it. And I'm so glad that you told us that story, Sandra, because here's the thing. There is a movement and learning connection. So I used to have the kids in my classroom at the beginning of every year, no matter what I taught, whether it was kindergarten all the way through sixth grade, they would, they would have to learn to jump rope. They needed that rhythm of jumping with that middle jump, you know, that kind of dun, 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 dun kind of, kind of rhythm. And once they got that rhythm, their reading was better. Yep. Their math was better. Everything was better because there's this reading and there's this movement and learning connection. Then the other thing is, is that because we were talking about exercise earlier, one of the things that I used to do is, sorry about that. One of the things I used to do is I would have the, the kids learn things to while they were jumping rope. Because once they learned something while they were jumping rope or, you know, whatever kind of, or we bounced balls back and forth, whatever they were doing, because I noticed that movement and learning connection, I thought, huh, if this works while they're just jumping rope without learning anything, what's it going to do when they're actually moving? So I didn't know why all of this worked. And then when I was doing the research for brain stages to write that, to write brain stages, <laughs> I, re I realized that the caudate nucleus is right next to the hippocampus. Mm. Well, the caudate nucleus is short-term memory and movement. 
So, so the two parts of the brain that are into, that are the big shots for learning, which is short-term that moves short-term memory into long-term, those parts of the brain are right next to each other. And the caudate nucleus manages both short-term memory and movement. And everything in the brain is intertwined. So by kids moving, or any of us, I, I mean, it doesn't have to be kids, by anyone moving while we learn something, then it just solidifies whatever we learn so much more. Just like you baking this, this pumpkin, th- which I'm a pumpkin nut. I love pumpkin. So that sounds amazing. <laughs> I'll have to get that recipe from you. But the point is, is that movement and learning, whatever we're learning, it just solidifies whatever we're learning. It's peanut butter and jelly, Oreos and milk, like movement and learning just go hand in hand. So Trish, where can people buy your book? Where can they find out more about you? Um, well, you can go to thebrainstages.com. It's all one word, thebrainstages.com. Um, and there are all kinds of great stuff on, you know, learning things, free stuff, products, all kinds of stuff. Um, and links to the book to be able to purchase Brain Stages, How to Raise Smart, Confident Kids and Have Fun Doing It. And they can also just go to Amazon. They can get it from Barnes & Noble, from really any of the outlets as well. It's, the book is available pretty much everywhere. Terrific. Terrific. Well, I want to thank you for being our guest today. Our guest today was Trish Wilkinson. You're going to want to check her out. She's one of our favorite brain ladies. And we will be back again next week. So to your great health, take care of those brains. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Join us again. We've got something you won't want to miss. Motherhood Talk Radio is a production of Beck Multimedia.